0: Welcome to the Let's Fucking Grow podcast, the podcast your brain secretly wants. Today on the podcast, we're going to be discussing how diamonds, sex, and babies affects every single choice that you make. And of course with me as always is Mr. Michael Kaufman. Hey everybody,
1: thanks so much for joining us. We have some really interesting subjects that you're going to be diving into today with us. Diamonds, sex, and babies really are the key indicators and the key motivators both consciously and subconsciously for why you do what you do, why you buy what you buy, and how they run your life. One of the key ideas behind you know diamond sex and babies is ultimately attraction
0: i want us to define our terms what is attraction so webster's dictionary defines attraction as the action or power of evoking interest pleasure or liking for someone or something so that says a lot in a few short words. Um, what I define attraction is the need to do the most basic primal instincts that human beings have done since since the beginning uh, of human beings, of, of homo sapiens, and that is to procreate and to be safe. Now, whether that comes from things like community, um, status, etc., we still do the same exact things that we've been doing since we started being human beings. We just don't even know it now because marketing and marketers have gotten so good as making us think that we're making these underlying definitive free choices when in reality we're being driven and steered to a way that they want us to be so i i agree with that
1: but there are aspects that i think are different right you're saying that biologically we're driven by the same factors and i agree with that part but what i don't agree with and where i'm having issues with is contextually things are different, right? Before to be an attractive suitor, you needed to be strong. Now to be an attractive suitor, you need to have money. Contextually, how is this different?
0: Well, money affords you the ability to buy things, right? So we think in the future, human beings are always thinking in the future. We're the only species that we know of that does so. All the other animals in the animal kingdom and fish and things like that in the ocean, they think in the present. So if you're hungry, You go eat if you're uh if you're full you stop eating you don't save for the future you don't have that that foresight human beings we do so for example let's just say a woman in her late 20s right she's motivated by fear to find somebody to settle down with to procreate because her her biological years of procreating are starting to shrink maybe youth is a factor for men maybe when you're young you're not making enough money to attract the kind of women that you see on social media because you see them doing, living these lives lifestyles and that might be a motivating factor to try to be a better person and to accumulate money when in reality money is just something that we mask our insecurities with most of the time. So that's why I think that way. So with social
1: media being the driving force in a lot of what we do, whether we realize it or not, before it was magazines, before that was... Uh, radio and television. Now it's social media, just because it's the phone is now a part of who you are. Don't you feel like companies are playing FOMO with you to get you to change your buying behaviors and change your your purchasing uh, behaviors?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, in fact, there's a study that came out not too long ago where they measured the anxiety and depression and depression levels of teenage women. From the 2000s to the 2010s, it increased 39%. Let's call it 40%. Now, that's a massive increase of depression and anxiety. And the only thing that they can attribute that to is the advent of social media. Because the iPhone came out in 2006 or 2007, Instagram in 2012, the only thing that changed was this serotonin-releasing drug that we are all on and spend hours of day looking at other people. We're there all we're now we're the ultimate peeping
1: toms. So I think you bring up a very very funny topic. And I thought you were gonna say, and we saw a really big increase. in, I th- you were gonna say you said depression. I thought you were gonna say uh, diet teas, right? Because they came hand in hand with with Instagram, exactly. right? So yes, I believe that every single person is chasing this weird little dopamine spurt. Right? They're just chasing that fear of acceptance, the, the being in front of FOMO, having the ability to be pushed forward and not needing to, not feeling like their opportunity cost was held in the back, right? Why do companies pry on these fears? Do you think it's prying or is it just marketing?
0: Yeah. Fear is the most motivating factor to do an act, as I was saying before, it's what kind of guides us, right? The fear of missing out, the fear of not being included, the fear of dying. That's the motivating factor, Mm -hmm. the fear of being young. I mean, there's a biological reason why animal poop smells the way it does and babies smell the way they do. The way that we, the reason why we think babies smell beautiful and nice, there's no real reason, there's a logical reason other than that they signify life. And let's just say, like shit. Right, animal shit is decrepit. And that I that we identify that with decomposing, rotting, waste. And that's the only two difference, uh, differences between those smells, because otherwise our bodies don't we don't differentiate between smells, it's our minds that does it. And we identify that with certain parts of life.
1: So I think we should clear off a little bit of the shit and find the diamond in the rough, right? Mm. You like that? Speaking of diamonds. Speaking of diamonds, so companies for years have been pushing this idea of you need to buy a diamond to signify your love and not only do you need to buy a diamond to signify your love but at first it was one month then it was two months salary then it was three months salary and then and then diamonds last forever what's the idea behind this yeah, yeah.
0: so this, this is something that people who don't haven't studied this they need to know so if you're listening to this this is probably one of the most insightful things we're going to speak about today. Now, everyone knows a diamond is forever, but a lot of people don't even think why do I say that? Why do I know that? A lot of people say you have to spend 3 months salary on a ring, but a lot of people don't know why that is. And a lot of people don't even know why we put rings on our fingers in the first place. So, before 1930, only about 10% of people actually wore diamond rings, only, you know, got diamond rings. Different. De Beers was a is a company out of England and they hired this company I believe it's called Ayers they're a marketing company and this company had the majestic insight to figure out exactly what you what you and I spoke about fear the fear of missing out et cetera. so they spent a massive amount of money on his marketing campaign just Mill- millions of dollars millions and like in those days millions of dollars were equated into potentially billions right that that's like running super bowl ads every day that's the equivalent yeah, of what we're talking tons about. Tons of money, and they had all these diamonds, and diamonds weren't really worth a lot of money back then. There was an overabundance of supply and not enough demand, and they were thinking, "How can we make people want our product more?" For no other reason than emotion, because logically, if you have a supply and demand that's off kilter, it doesn't make any sense, right? You can't increase the price of a good if there's too much supply, but. If you make people think that th- that supply is worth more then it is worth more because something is only worth what someone else is worth is willing to pay for it. Right. The value that
1: is projected in the market then dictates the value of what the product is itself, Absolutely. whether there's abundance or there's not whatever you're willing to pay for it. Guess what? I'm going to sell it to you for that price. And they have millions
0: and millions of diamonds in their vaults. Absolutely. And, and that's one thing. Another thing people don't know is they think, oh, I have to get a diamond before they're so out. precious. But they have, they're hoarding in these vaults, massive amounts, tons of diamonds to control the supply and demand. And that's actually something economists call a veebling good. So a veebling good is exactly that. It's a good that goes up in price for no reason, no logical reason, no economical reason, just because of the fact that it is. Um, so I know you and I were speaking about this before the episode, but uh, what do you think How do you think they came up with that idea of let's make every guy think they have to buy a diamond for a woman and let's make every woman make every guy think that he has to buy a diamond for them in order to qualify? It was a qualifying factor. It has a lot to deal with keeping up with the Joneses.
1: It has to deal with being different. Being able to show your friends, doing the FOMO, right? Girls, like, putting their their hands out and, you know, showing their friends, like, oh, this is how much my husband loves me. When that's not really even true. It doesn't mean it's not an indicator of love. It's just an indicator of wealth and status and money. It's a way to then separate yourself from your peers. So it is a way to stand apart from the Joneses. And, you know, women, in most cases, wanted that separation because, one, it's a, you know, People are competitive. They they want to know that they're different. And for guys, it shows that you know I I can do this for my woman. That's my I can status. provide for you. I can provide for you and then some. This rock is just a small uh, small indicator of what the larger life is that's going to uh, you know that this is supersedes the entire life that I'm going to give to you. And
0: this is why uh, De Beers spent so much money. To be able to increase this market. Yeah, I'm actually going to read an ad in the 1980s that they did, and it literally says there's a there's a picture of a woman with a turtleneck on, and she's holding her hand up to her face, and you could see a diamond ring, and the caption on this ad says two months' salary, show to the future of Mrs. Smith what their future would be like. Now, if if you saw that and you were a guy, wouldn't you be mad? Because all of a sudden now it's not one month's salary, now it's two months, for no other reason than. Girls are watching this ad in, in in the paper, in the magazine, and now you're expected to save two, and now it, it's three months.
1: It's so similar in, to 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 what's happening now with the unrealistic body expectations, right? Unrealistic body goals, right? You see this thing in media, and you're like, oh, I need to be like this thing. When it, logically, you could you could just use a, a a wooden ring to to really signify your love. You know, at the end of the day, all you're looking to do is is cover the artery that sits on your ring finger because it's directly correlated to your heart. That's where you can actually feel your heartbeat. And I don't know if you know that, but if you actually do
0: press down on that artery, you will feel your heartbeat, which is really cool. And you know, what's sad when it comes to social media. And I have a lot of friends who are influencers and things like that. So um, I'm, I'm speaking directly from experiences. Or just imagine if you're a girl and you post only pictures where you don't wear makeup and you don't use filters you'd be seen as ugly by most people by, by by most accounts but what they're saying is ugly is just the actual nature your the truth is ugly and this life that we're living with filters and things like that is what we have to be but it's unrealistic it's not possible other than on social media right, right? and it's so funny cuz instagram and
1: tiktok they they do this thing that creates the simulation right it's like this is this is the 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 public sphere that you're playing in and you need to hit these standards to be considered attractive
0: or Accepted in these worlds and you know what it does uh, Oftentimes it actually makes people more insecure. So let's say you're gonna meet a guy in real life, right? And I've done a lot of dating coaching. So I you know when I teach my guys, okay, you're gonna meet the girl, etc This is how you have to do it. But Imagine from a girl's uh, perspective, and even guys, because guys have apps too. They have filters. They can make themselves look more buff, good angles. Is that that how you look so buff, Fabian, normally? No, I just eat a lot and lift weights. Yeah, there it is. Used to. (laughs) But imagine you're a girl and you have all these filters and stuff, and now you have to meet him in person. You're going to be extra insecure because that's not exactly what you look like when you see him in person. So automatically, you think that you're going to let him down. And from a guy's perspective, He's gonna say, "I'm not really that buff in real life. That's all angles and lighting." So, what am I gonna do when I see her? Am I gonna fit? So, you have two people who are insecure because for no other reason than social media, and then and now they're meeting each other. And what's gonna happen? What kind of social awkwardness is gonna happen rather than them being themselves and saying, "Hey, I like you for who you are." It's, "Oh my gosh, dude, do they even like me." I believe you bring up a great
1: point when both people come together it starts to breed insecurity breeding insecurity then just creates this idea of how you you will be in the rest of the relationships It sets a precedent and it sets unrealistic expectations for both parties and let's be real it just doesn't feel good
0: there 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 must be a cure and you know some of the most famous instagram couples that i know are some of the most unhappiest because not only are you trying to make yourself look a certain way but now you have to combine forces and be a perfect couple on social media and just the stress of that causes fights it causes you know let's say you have more followers than i do and now yes we're both good looking on instagram but we have different hierarchies and it just causes a whole range of things but here's one thing i want to say is i know we've been speaking about marketing kind of in a negative light or you know attraction but the beers They did that solely for the money Mm -hmm. and nothing other than that. And that kind of marketing, because if you don't know out there, we are digital marketers. We have a marketing company, so we help people market products. But there's a difference in marketing products that help people and fulfill a need that they have. And there is a marketing that simply tries to sell you stuff for the company to make money. Those are two drastically different different ways to do it. And I think that talking about it and explaining the difference is really important for people because we do want people to be marketers. We want them to succeed and be able to do what we do is make money from a computer anywhere in the world from your laptop. But you have to be doing it with the right mindset and helping people.
1: Right. Having the insight to be a a responsible marketer I would say is just as important as then selling your money because you are putting out information. You are telling people what they need to be thinking, what they should be seeing, how that information is going to then turn into them, the people turning into customers for them.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I think the 90s and the 2000s, uh, m- marketers really were able to play on people's passions and emotions and fears. But I do think that to a certain extent, have, people have wised up to those scams but the problem is, is they bought into the social media, which is also unrealistic. It wasn't meant to be a scam. Nobody made, the, nobody made you look like that other than possibly the entertainers like the Kim Kardashians, the Lady Gaga's who have teams around them. You,
1: have, you bring up such a good point because talent, talent agencies push the idea. Right. Oh, well, you have talent. Well, what's your social media? How, how on point is it? What's the distribution now you that you now have? Can you be in movies? Can you be in films? How does that going to help the movie sell more tickets? How is that going to allow brands to pay you? so you know I don't mean to point blame at telling that's not what I mean to do but the the context in which marketers and how influencers now play
0: is completely different yeah and for for some of these younger artists is they have they're trying to stand out so much because going into a little bit of history, music for instance back. Back in the day, I'm talking about the 60s, 70s, you would get famous by sending your mixtape into a record company and they would literally have a bag with them, sit down, have a session where they put your tape in, listen to it, and they would put it in one pile if you were good and another if you were bad. And that's how they would find music talent. Nowadays, it has nothing to do with the kind of music you can make. It's how many records and how many plays you can get. So that switch... If everyone has access to the same kind of uh, production equipment, which everyone does now, everyone has access to a producer, we have the internet. So the level playing field makes it so that your music is not what makes you stand out. It's how you look and how you act and how out of this world you seem. And this is why you see those rappers with the let's face not, tats, say, Let's
1: not say their name, but yeah, that's 100% true. You know, true. the
0: crazy Eminem-looking hair, like... Like, do you think they woke up one day and it's like, I want to look like this? No, they're like, I want to be famous. And look, look, look at Lil Wayne. Look at what he did. Bam. Let me do what he did. Right. And it's it's following the
1: same movement. I'm actually going to fact check you on that music thing, because this is really interesting. What they used to do to make someone famous, at least with songs like initially Andre 3000, you know, Hey Y'all, remember that song? Mm-hmm. That song was supposed to be super popular, just off the bat. What they needed to do is they needed to fit in between other really popular songs for then you to then tune into those songs to make them more and more famous. That, that's just a little fact check. That, that Everything else you said, perfect. I, but that is an interesting Yeah, point. I was talking
0: about like the 70s and 80s, b- before we had digital media. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So now what people are forced to do is, is
1: utilize these expectations of what's interesting visually in comparison to what's actually good. I think that's very different than what it was before, right? When the time, even back in the day, like with the Beatles and you know the Beach Boys and you know the the sixties music that mom used to play for me, like it was good. It was good. Yeah. You know now it's like mumble rap and 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 barking on a on
0: a on a microphone before i forget i want to go back uh and i was gonna make a good point but i think this is a better point because this is really insightful for people and to show you how you're made to be a consumer from the very early age of two three four years old and without even knowing it so i'm gonna just paint a picture so come along for a ride with me for a second when you're little you go to the grocery store what do you what do you crave cereal right chocolate what do these boxes look like to you? Tony the Tiger, the Frog Guy. They look like cartoons. They look like cartoons, and they're very colorful, right? What are Skittles, M&Ms, all these confections, all these candies and cereals? They're very, very colorful. And did you know, and I know you know this, but people outside in the, in the non-marketing world don't know this, but the most, that's real estate. In a grocery store, it is. You yeah. have to pay more money to have your cereal box at the eye level of a seven seven year old for a uh, seven year old kid, because that's what they're going to look at when they're walking. So if you ever look, and next time you go to a grocery store, please look at this. A CVS anywhere. The higher you get on the cereal rack, the more adult the boxes are. You know, you have your um, cakes, <laughs> things like that. I don't know, eat cereal, but honey,
1: honey bunches of oats.
0: And then you look lower, and those are the kids ones. Right now. So you're bred to be a consumer from that early age. Now, what do you see in media now? Uh, this kind of going back to to the whole uh, rappers with the crazy hair or even the Lady Gaga. You see these characters with red and green and blue. They're basically those cereal box characters for teenagers.
1: And this is really interesting because in our in our adventures together doing marketing, we figured out and we found out that to get young listeners on. Your music trend. What you really need to do from the very, very beginning is hook them young, hook
0: them extra young,
1: extra young, and I mean like way younger than you would expect, like seven, eight, nine, ten, because then they're lifelong fans, right? It's like kind of what happened with Justin Bieber's fans. He hooked them really young, and now now Justin Bieber's still making music and he's still trending, right? He's yeah, because your
0: famous. your your longevity as a musician is solely based off how many records you can sell. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting a let's say seven year old hooked on you, you got them for 10 years. You're going to make a 10 year customer. If you hook them when they're 17, guess what? In a few years they're, they're going to college and they're not going to be listening to so much music. They're not going to be consuming. They're going to be working for their money, not spending the parents' money.
1: So you bring up a good point that it's about building longevity and increasing the lifetime value of your customers. I think someone that did a really good job at this, and this is the sex portion of the podcast, is Victoria's Secret. They created the Victoria's Secret fashion show. Just some history. Victoria's Secret actually started as a man's company. That was Victor's Secret. It was presented as a men's company to buy their women underwear and lingerie. Well, they didn't do there very well. And then, I don't remember exactly what happened, but they came, what came to be is they decided to reposition their marketing and their strategy and it became the woman's purchase of the lingerie because they're the ones ultimately
0: wearing it yeah and that that's that's very telling because what what did we see in the early 2000s we saw a lot of male dating right that was what the hot on the market I know when I got into it it was teach guys how to talk to girls and now the biggest market it's not men anymore no it's women's dating and women's relationship
1: because well I've, I also believe that we've gone through a political shift right and how women are are, are being pushed forward and it's it's a, it's 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 awesome that now that's the first move in a lot of cases right where now the the sphere has changed before it was the the male dating the woman now it's a lot in a lot of cases the woman dating the man you know you can see that with dating apps like Coffee Meets Bagel, Bumble, XYZ, you, you, I'm sure there's a billion but the, the whole sphere has changed and it's about empower it's about empowerment and i believe a lot of that empowerment comes from victoria's secret
0: yeah there's 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 a level that that empowerment may make men insecure. it does make men even more insecure and then you're changing the biological roles that most people throughout history have 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 conformed with you know so where do you draw the line on that that's off Fine. That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole
1: other podcast. Because that is
0: something that is happening right now on college campuses and things like that. And it's shaping our next generation to be this way the rest of their lives.
1: So I actually went to this side now. I, I went to a festival in the middle of an Oregon forest during the solar eclipse. It was super cool. Super cool. It was an amazing, an amazing experience. And I walked into this random talk that they were having. And it was actually talking about how, you know, we're putting down men a lot of the cases, and I, I don't mean to get into that, but how by pushing that narrative of you know men ancient sometimes it really is you know pulling away from the strength of men in the the social realm. I just think it was it was really interesting, and it was not in the place where I expected that to be said as a narrative. It was because it's very counterculture, it's very different. So hearing that from the the people I heard from was was was
0: crazy, crazy. Honestly, to quote another podcast, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast where they touched a lot about this and they were talking about the fact that there's a lot you can't say on social media now, so people are self-censoring themselves. So on Twitter, you can get banned for life for saying one thing. Now, imagine if you walked around life and you could go to jail for life for saying the wrong thing. You'd be very timid. You'd self-censor yourself. And because of that self-censorship, you have a lot of people who are thinking and feeling a certain way, but they can't say it. And because we're spending more and more time on social media and less and less time in front of actual people, there's nowhere for us to let that outlet out. And this is why a lot of people become stressed and anxious and then lash out and do violent things or, you know, say say these crazy things is because to a certain extent, we're having to self-censor ourselves because we're so into these social media, uh, social medias that we don't want to ever get off. It's scary.
1: So do you think that that changes how relationships are now formed? Do you think that people are getting together less and less because of that narrative?
0: Yeah, I think that one of the main things that we're lacking uh, in society, and that's part of it, is eye contact. So when you make eye contact, and and I'm I'm not talking about a picture where we can see their eyes, okay, because Not seeing their eyes is is another marketing tactic that we can even get a whole other Mm -hmm. uh, discussion about how it's cool not to be able to look at you directly, blah, blah, blah. However, eye contact with someone says so much. You learn someone. But if you don't practice eye contact, when you meet someone, you'd be surprised how many people I talk to that never look in my eyes for more than a second. They look down or they shift their eyes and I'm looking directly at them Mm -hmm. and it's not something that comes to them naturally.
1: It's because the nonverbal cues that, that shows is uh, it's like a qualifier. It like brings down your value in a lot of cases. And that's not what you wanna do with dating because ultimately that hurts you.
0: Yeah, if you're a guy and you don't make eye contact with a girl and she's not making eye contact with you, imagine you, you might spend an hour or two together and you, you'll go home and say, I don't know anything about that person when all it took was you just looking directly in their eyes to have an honest conversation Rather than shifting around, because shifting eyes indicates that you're lying and you're trying to come up with a concoction of like imagination like to express. Almost right, yeah. yeah. Um, I do want to shift this uh, over to how this impacts marketing, uh, because again, like I said, we are digital marketers. And by the way, I want to plug ourselves really quickly. Okay. So Mike and I have um, a website called Let's Grow Podcasts, similar to the uh, to the podcasts. And on it, we teach marketing to anyone who wants to learn it. Because honestly, in this day and age, and because of the virus thing happening, I can't. I don't want to say the name because we'll get demonetized. But oh, that's another form of self-censorship. Yeah, sure we can't. Happened. Oh yeah, you can't say CV on oh, on YouTube. You'll get demonetized. Interesting. Because the algorithm doesn't know if you're saying things that are true or not. So they're just they they they're blanketing everyone who says that term and demonetizing it. So you're not trying to make money off the crisis.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: So the CV. Uh, going back to what I was saying. And the website, uh, it, uh, it really shows that the economy that we have, that we thought we had, it's not really that strong. Right? If one thing can shut us down the way it is, then you need other ways to make money and other avenues. And one thing that we're spending more time on now than ever before is the Internet. And there's a reason for that. We're at home. So if you want to learn how to make money online doing exactly what you love from the comfort of your own home and your laptop and helping people, then go to let'sgropodcast.com and sign up for our marketing courses that we have on there.
1: So at the end of the day, it's all about acquisition. How many people can you bring into your market, into your funnel, and then convert them into customers? That's what really makes you recession-proof. If your business fails and you have only one source of income, you may be out of luck, right? You may have a ton of new issues, but if you know how to bring customers to anything, anywhere, at any time, just turning on the faucet to then bring in customers, you figured it out. And we teach that. So check us out at letsgrowpodcast.com or reach out to us in the comments below and we'd love to have a discussion with you. So, you know, we talked about diamonds, sex, now babies. Why babies? And how does that how, how are you motivated to do the things that you do subconsciously and consciously
0: because of them? So babies are one of those things that no matter where you are, what you believe in, what your culture, what your values, what everyone loves babies. And there's a specific reason why, like I was alluding to before, they indicate birth, life, longevity, health, wellness, uh, fulfillment, especially for women. You know, that's something that they feel like they should do is have babies. And men want to have babies to carry on their legacy uh, because at the end of the day, Studies show that people only, and this is kind of somber and, you know, soul, and I don't want to talk about it that much, but people are only going to remember you for the next generation, mm-hmm. right? You don't really know who, you, who your great-grandmother is, do you? And if you do, not that much, or your great-grandmother, for that matter.
1: But you actually bring up a great point, which will lead into another podcast soon enough, which is going to be generational wealth. And I think that's an awesome idea. Mm-hmm. Awesome idea. And that that gives me, we're going, to talk, we're going to have to talk about that. But so, you know, why do people... Why are people motivated by babies? Why why does it change their day-to-day lives and how does it change their
0: day-to-day lives? At its most primal, it's you're protecting your own DNA for the long term. Uh, And that's what subconsciously, one reason why men take such good care of babies and women, it's the same thing. Is there something that they care and they love for Uh, and marketing companies and companies know this. So why do you think a baby seat can cost $1,000? It's insane. It's plastic. Because you want it to protect your baby. You want to, And you'll pay anything. anything. Right, yeah. And if that baby seat is 5% safer than than the other brand... I'll spend $2,000 more. Exactly. Yeah. And if that stroller is carbon fiber, but it resists impact, of course you're going to get it. It must also be
1: fireproof. It must have a parachute attached to it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think... There's and it, I
0: need GPS, okay? <laughs> there, there's an episode of The Office, and I don't know if you've seen this one, where... Angela, or sorry, uh, Michael Scott's not even his wife. Uh, she brings in Jan. She brings in a baby stroller, and Dwight Schrute, who's a character in the office, he wants a test it to see its durability. So he takes it to this whole range of tests. He drops it. He puts a watermelon inside <laughs> the seat, uh, like as if it was a baby, like and rest, he right? he runs it over. And at the end of the <laughs> at the end of the episode, he says, "Yeah, this is a good one." Good.
1: <laughs> I love that. So it's so it's so important. At the end of the day, your procreation and why you create, in most cases, is based off longevity, and marketers know that. So, they're going to cater to you to then push you towards longevity. Now, I think that we're, we're almost at the end of this podcast, and I want to wrap it up really fast. What are really easy, tangible steps that a beginning marketer can utilize to understand how to utilize FOMO?
0: and integrate it into their business? That's a great question. And I don't think it's only for marketers, but it's for anyone listening to this podcast in general who wants to be a more well-rounded person because of the fact that you don't want to be taken for a ride by any new fad that comes up. And one of the most important things that people need to do and don't do enough today is think critically. And what I mean by that is actually take some time and sit and turn your, don't even turn your phone off, just put it to the side and think about what people are doing and why they're doing it. Try to think about the fundamental reasons at the deep down, at the core, deep down, why they're doing it. Because that's what marketers do, and that's what everybody should do. So that you become a more well-rounded individual, and then you actually know when you see yourself doing these things and following these fads, you're like, "Wait, wait. Let me think about this for a second. I know exactly what they're trying to get me to do." And then you won't fall for anything that comes any snake oil.
1: And you, I just want to stress that point so much more, right? It all starts with why, which is actually a good book by Simon Schweck or Simon Sieg, a really smart guy. And it's about why you do what you do. And then on top of that, it's just why are people going to buy? So you need to come check us out at Let's Grow Podcast. We have a plethora of information on why you do what you do, why people purchase, why people buy. Come check us out or leave us a comment so you get more information about us. Even hit that little notification button so you know that you can contact us and we will then be in
0: your inbox whenever we release an episode. Yeah, and one thing we want to stress is that our guarantee to you and our promise to you is that by the time that you're finished uh, any of of our episodes that we have up, you're going to be a better, more well-informed person to be and feel better about yourself because that's what we aim to do. We aim to help you obviously have freedom in a lifestyle of making money uh, anywhere in the world from the comfort of your own laptop. But at the same time, we want to make you a better person so that you can pass on those dna's those smart dna's to your little babies <laughs> and, and your diamond rings and things like that and say hey you know what i remember fabian and mike were talking about why you know what maybe i don't need that big diamond ring because i know why they did it yeah. maybe let's take some of that money and invest it which is another podcast oh maybe getting, let's talk about compound interest you're giving up too much sauce let's fabian. talk about too wealth.
1: much sauce that's for next time everybody thank you so much for joining us the let's grow podcast my name is michael and this is fabian and let's fucking grow dude. <laughs>